Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Astrology Now podcast. My name is Christine Rodriguez, and I hope that you are patient today and eager to hear all about 2020 because I'm finally doing the 2020 forecast. And of course, depending on your chart and where planets are placed for you, all of this is going to affect everyone a little bit differently. And as we kind of go through this, I'll give examples for how it may impact some of the signs, though. I'm not going to give a forecast for every individual sign today, just kind of a general overview that's going to affect all of us. Okay. And we are going to begin with the December 26th eclipse. Well, December 25th, it's kind of in the wee hours there. So depending on where you are in the world, it's either going to be on Christmas on December 25th or on December 26th. So this is kind of like our new moon forecast merged with a 2020 overview. And so This new moon is coming up. I'm here in Austin, Texas. And so for me, it's going to take place on December 25th, 2019 at about 11 p.m. And this new moon is special because it's a solar eclipse and it's taking place in the sign of Sagittarius. And so please keep in mind, I am a Vedic sidereal astrologer. And so we calculate the precise astronomical placements. And so the moon and the sun will be in the sign of Sagittarius. And of course, more specifically, we want to look at the nakshatra and the moon will be in the nakshatra of Mula. And what's really powerful about this new moon is that the moon and the sun are always together for a new moon. It's when the moon and the sun get so close together, no light can be seen in the moon. So that's nothing new. However, in the sign of Sagittarius, we also know that K2 and Saturn have been hanging out in the sign of Sagittarius for quite some time, wreaking a little bit of havoc. Okay. And it's no secret that 2019 has been a doozy for many people. It's been a very powerful, transformative, freaking hard year (laughs) for everybody. Seriously. Um, So we know that K2, Saturn, and Pluto have been here Jupiter has recently moved into the Sagittarius, into Sagittarius, giving us a little bit more relief. Jupiter rules the sign of Sagittarius. So when it's in Sagittarius, it feels really comfortable. So it can bring more optimism, more inspiration, more feel good. Like you're in alignment with your beliefs. You're in alignment with your teachings. You can feel easily inspired and easily moved. This is how Saturn acts and it's, this is how Jupiter acts in its own sign of Sagittarius. So in the sign of Sagittarius, you might want to like hold up your fingers and count to get a visual image. We're going to have Mercury, the moon, the sun, Jupiter, K2, Saturn, and Pluto. So that's seven planetary bodies in the sign of Sagittarius. So this is a lot of energy. This is not a joke. (laughs) Like sound the alarms. No, um, You know, eclipses have traditionally been seen as times of um, high or low energy, maybe accidents. People may have their energy affected in a negative way. So really, traditionally, eclipses were seen as kind of a negative thing, in a sense. And we've seen many eclipses where they're powerful and they have influence, but it's not a time to panic. Okay, everything's going to be fine. But depending 
on where Saturn is in your chart, depending on where Sagittarius is in your chart, it's going to act a little bit differently. Um, Mula is the black hole. Okay. Mula represents the roots of the earth. So it can represent deep healing, like herbal remedies, things from the earth used for healing. That's a huge symbol of Mula. But it also means getting to the root of things. So if there's been something happening in your life of intensity, and I'm sure that everyone listening to this is like, oh, (laughs) that area of my life. Yes, it's been intense. Getting to the root of the issue with those areas of your life, really taking a look. And what's really important to remember is not pointing the finger. The root issue is never somebody else. It's never something outside of us, but it's looking within us and seeing how we can work with this energy, work with this situation to empower ourselves and best handle it. So I'm not saying to decide that somebody is an issue and confront them or anything like that. If, if there's somebody in your life, maybe you're in a relationship and there's been issues in the relationship, it means either coming together and working together to find that root problem and how each of you have contributed to this and how you can better work together to solve it or coming together and being like the way that we handle these things are different and it's time to part ways, but it's not the time to pass blame and project all of our own issues onto other people. That would be a very bad idea for right now. That would just make things a whole lot worse. Moving inwards, because the eclipse also means reflecting inside of yourself and seeing what you can do, how you can take ownership. And so if you are a Sagittarius rising, this is really going to be all about you and your physical body and how you perceive yourself, how you perceive relationship. If you're a Gemini rising, same thing. All of this is happening in your seventh house. So it's all going to be around relationship, how you work in relationship and your partner. Um, If you're a Scorpio rising or even a Taurus rising, it's going to be more around money and finances, maybe transformation. We already covered Gemini and Scorpio. If you are a Capricorn rising or a Cancer rising, then it's more around health and healing, our dreams, our subconscious mind really deep inner work. It can also be work with others or our coworkers. If you are a Leo rising or a Aquarius rising, it's going to be more around friendships or network circles or creativity, maybe even our children. If you are a Aries or a Libra, It's going to be around teachers and our education and how we feel about higher learning and our gurus and our path, our dharma. If you are a Pisces rising or a Virgo rising, it's going to be around your work and your home life, how you present in the outer world and how you feel um, inner happiness. Okay, so that that covered all the signs in terms of the eclipse and how it may impact you and just things to reflect on. Um, and then 2020 in general, after this eclipse, this eclipse is kind of like the first domino. Um, once we get past this eclipse, 
2019 was really intense. And I, I don't think that 2020 is going to be as intense, but it's still, we have some intensity to work with in this year to come in 2020. And um, I think it's going to be great. <laughs> I think it's going to be freaking intense. And I think it's a really powerful time to reflect and really get to the root of what we're here to do, what we're here to learn. And so after that eclipse in December, we're going to have our new year, January 2020. And then Capricorn is going to be lucky enough to host its favorite planet, Saturn. So Saturn will move into the sign of Capricorn in January 20 on January 24th. And so when Saturn enters Capricorn, it loves being in Capricorn. It's its own house. Saturn rules the sign of Capricorn. So it feels really cozy here. Saturn loves to work. It loves to put forth effort. It loves to do things for a reason. It's very serious and very mature. Okay. So when Saturn moves into the sign, it can get that work done. It can commit it can commit to projects, um, work, relationships, wherever Saturn is moving into Capricorn in your chart, it's going to impact us all a little bit differently, but it's going to bring a universal sensation of commitment and effort. Um, if you have Saturn placed in Capricorn in your birth chart, that means that you are about to have a Saturn return. Congratulations. So exciting. So you're maybe around the age of 27 to 30, uh, Saturn's going to be in the sign of, of Capricorn making its return. It's kind of, um, like, a a passage, a, a rite of passage into your adulthood. You've experienced all there is to learn. I mean, Saturn has made its way through all of the houses and it's making its return for you. Okay. And we can go into that some other time on what Saturn return means. So Saturn will enter Capricorn, but then not long after. So for this time period where Saturn is in its own sign of Capricorn, Jupiter is in its own sign of Sagittarius, things are going to feel pretty good. But then Jupiter is going to enter Capricorn as well on March 29th. When Jupiter enters the sign of Capricorn, it's debilitated. And so I don't really like the word debilitated because I think that it makes it sound like horrible and just like not expressive. But when it's really just kind of like being under pressure and not being able to express its glory, it's kind of like you, you have all of these gifts and all these amazing qualities about you and things that people love. But then when you're in the room with someone who you don't really like or who you feel like is judging you, sometimes you feel like you can't really be yourself and you can't let the best aspects of yourself shine. That's kind of the way that Jupiter feels in the sign of Capricorn. It doesn't, it, it doesn't express its optimism. It doesn't express its luster. It's more like, man, like I have these things that I used to feel inspired and excited about. And I don't feel this way anymore. Like I feel dragged down. I feel under pressure. I feel like I need to be working and doing these things when I really just want to be teaching and spreading information and growing. It feels this restriction in the sign of Capricorn. So Jupiter will enter Capricorn from March 29th until June 29th, where it's debilitated. And then it's going to retrograde. It's going to begin retrograde on May 14th. And so it will start making its journey backwards 
until June 29th, and it's going to enter back into the sign of Sagittarius, where it's going to stay for a couple of months. So when Jupiter retrogrades, we take the qualities of Jupiter and we, we turn it into a reflection. And so Jupiter is our teachers, it's our gurus, it's our optimism, it's our, uh, like what makes us feel passionate and excited. And so when it's retrograde, we're going to be reflecting on our teachings and our path and our purpose and what makes us feel like life is worth living. So we're going to be thinking about those things and really uh, some of us may make changes. And let me tell you, when planets are retrograde, it's not the time to make a decision. I'm serious. If you make a big choice, when a planet is retrograde, it's going to come back and bite you. So let this be a time to reflect. Don't make a decision until Jupiter goes direct. So really take that time to observe yourself to act in such a way that you feel in alignment with yourself and connection to your higher self, not your ego. Your ego has nothing to do with this. So really get in touch with, get in alignment with your higher self, what this life is destined for you. And then once Jupiter goes direct, you can begin to really take the actions necessary to get in alignment or stay with where you are if you feel like where you are is a good place for you. Okay, so so Jupiter is retrograding now, okay, in 2020. In May 2020, Saturn is going to go retrograde. So on May 11th or May 10th, depending on where you are, Saturn is going to retrograde until September 28th. And when Saturn retrogrades, Saturn is commitment and hard work and effort. It's reflecting on what we have committed ourselves to, what we feel is worth efforts, what we feel we can dedicate a lot of time and efforts towards. So you're going to be spending a lot of time reflecting on those issues. Okay. Um, So now... It's May, we've got Jupiter retrograding and Saturn retrograding. Well, that's not enough. So Venus is going to retrograde on May 13th. Lord. All right. So Venus is love and romance. When Venus retrogrades, so help me. Just watch out for this. It's the most fascinating thing. When Venus retrogrades, all of your exes are going to come back. I mean, you know, maybe not all of them, but you're going to either bump into people from your past. You're going to hear from people from your past. You may think about people from your past. If you're in a committed relationship, you may reminisce. There may be something that brings you back. You may even reevaluate your relationship. And really, because Saturn is retrograding and that's commitments, during this time, you may really be thinking of, wow, like, is this relationship right for me? What does this relationship need in order to succeed? And just, you know, thinking about things, maybe it's a time to kind of communicate your needs to your partner. And it doesn't need to mean breaking up. I would not recommend making that decision right now. I would recommend making that decision when everything's direct. I I promise. Trust me. I made these mistakes. Okay. Um, So reevaluating, reassessing, realigning with one another, communicating, things like that. And so 
those three planets are all going to be retrograding at the same time. So just tons of reflection, tons of like getting pulled back, maybe even some confusion, um, maybe even a loss of inspiration and a loss of hope because when Jupiter is in the sign of Capricorn, it hasn't made its way back yet there. It's going to feel like a lot of, it's going to be like, it, it may feel like a bummer. Okay. Now it's still, when it's retrograding in Capricorn, it's still somewhat supported. Um, you know, once it gets into Sagittarius, it's going to feel a little bit better. And so on June 25th, Venus will go direct. So Venus is going to retrograde from May 13th. Take note of these dates. Venus will be retrograding May 13th until June 25th. Don't make any sudden moves. This is not the time to make a commitment. If you're in an established relationship, I do not recommend breaking up. And if you are single, I do not recommend making a commitment during this time. Wait until Venus goes direct. I, I've seen this so many times. Just wait until Venus goes direct. Um, so then Saturn and Jupiter are still retrograding. But then on September 9th, Mars starts retrograding. And Mars is going to stay in the sign of Aries and Pisces for an extended period of time. Let's see. Um, June 18th. Until the end of the year, Mars is either going to be in Aries or Pisces, which is a super powerful placement because Mars is in its own sign in the sign of Aries and the sign of Pisces also has a lot of strength. Depending on where that is in your chart, it's going to be a little bit different. Um, and then let's see. So I kind of skipped around a little bit. June 25th, Venus will direct and then... Mars will begin retrograde on September 29th. On September 12th, Jupiter will retrograde, or excuse me, will go direct. So from September 9th until September 12th, Jupiter, Saturn, and Mars will all be retrograding. But then once September 12th comes, Jupiter will go direct in the sign of Sagittarius, which will bring a lot of relief for everybody. Um, let's see. Okay. So September 12th, September 13th, depending on where you are, Jupiter will direct. And then September 29th, Saturn will go direct in the sign of Capricorn. Um, and then I just want to make sure I get all of these dates for you all. Um, yeah. And so Jupiter will go direct on September 12th and then eventually come back into the sign of Capricorn. And December 21st, 2020, Jupiter and Saturn are going to be totally conjunct. And depending on where they are in your chart, it's going to be a little bit different. But Really, there's just this theme of reflection and reevaluation and kind of really trying to decide what life means for you in terms of your belief system, what you find inspiring and true in your life, your romance, your relationships, and your commitment. So there may be total transformations in your life. And 
I'm not saying that this is going to happen for every single person because it depends on what planetary period you're going through, where the planets are in your chart, which house it's in. But for some of us, this is going to be like a total shedding and a redevelopment, like a reconstruction of our life and what we want it to look like. On September 19th, this is huge. On September 19th, Rahu and Ketu are going to move. And so Rahu and Ketu are karmic nodes. They've been wreaking havoc in the sign of Sagittarius and Gemini. On September 19th, Rahu and Ketu are going to move into the sign of Taurus and Scorpio. Rahu loves being in Taurus. Rahu is this mouth that you can't fill up. It's insatiable. It loves material. It loves fame. It loves illusion. When it comes into the sign of Taurus, Taurus is material and it is financial gain and stability and structure. So when Rahu comes into the sign, it really likes being there. Um, when K2 moves into the sign of Scorpio, it's going to give us this really divine insight into the occult world, into mysticism, into the deep resources of ourself, seriously. Um, really deep insights are going to happen at this time. And then on December 14th, there will be a solar eclipse in the sign of Scorpio. So that means that the moon and the sun are going to be with K2 in the sign of Scorpio. And so that is just extremely spiritualizing. Um, it's something to look forward to. I know it's like a year away, but no harm in prepping now. <laughs> um, and of course, depending on where Scorpio is in your chart, it's going to be massive. It's if it's if you're a Cancer rising, it's in your fifth house of creativity, so that's huge. Um, a lot around creativity, how you present to the outer world. Um, I believe that Mars will actually still be there as well. Oh no, excuse me, Mars will not be there. Mars will either be in Pisces or Aries. I'm sorry. Um, but because Mars is going to be in a powerful placement, that's also even a stronger indicator of creativity putting yourself out in the world. If you are a Scorpio rising, this is all happening in your first house. So just tons of transformation, um, so much around kind of other people and setting boundaries with other people and how your relationships are impacting you. There may even be something around a spiritualizing relationship. And those are just two, um, for examples, maybe I'll do all the signs eventually. But I hope that this was helpful. This is just kind of um, a brief overview. And so I'm going to give you those dates one more time in case you want to write them down. From March 22nd until May 4th, Mars will also be in the sign of Capricorn. And so it's going to be exalted there uh, with, the, with the planets of Jupiter and Saturn as well. So the high intensity time, tons of work ethic. Um, a lot of power, again, a lot of intensity when Mars and Saturn are together, that's huge for intensity. So a great time to really hone in on what you want to complete tasks. You want to complete what you're in control of and working, try not to get too caught up in arguments or disputes. It's not a good time for that. On, I'll just start from the beginning on January 24th, Saturn is going to enter Capricorn. On March 22nd, Mars will enter Capricorn as well. From March 29th 
until June 29th, Jupiter will be in the sign of Capricorn, where it's its debilitation point. On from May 10th, from May 11th or May 10th, depending on where you are, until September 28th, Saturn is going to be retrograding. May 14th until September 12th, Jupiter is going to be retrograding. May 13th until June 25th, Venus will be retrograding. June 21st, there's another solar eclipse in Gemini. On September 19th, Rahu and Ketu will switch into Taurus and Scorpio for the next 18 months. And from September 9th until September 9th until November 14th, Mars will be retrograding. And so we see this theme around reflection, reevaluation, having to go backwards. It's going to feel like we're kind of getting stuck in some ways. And so there's going to be those periods of time where Saturn is retrograding, Jupiter is retrograding, Venus is retrograding, Mars is retrograding. When things are retrograding, it's not a super great time to make a whole lot of new commitments or new ideas or things like that. This is a good time to evaluate what we think is important, what we think is good to commit to, what kind of relationship we like, what is worth fighting for. And with that Jupiter moving in and out of Capricorn, it's going to be in Capricorn, then it's going to go back to Sagittarius, then it's going to go back to Capricorn. We see this dynamic movement because it loves being in Sagittarius and then it's debilitated in Capricorn. And so that's this massive shift. And so, you know, if Jupiter rules your first house, this is really big for you and your personal identity. If it rules your, your seventh house, this is massive for your relationships and setting boundaries. So just really um, keeping an eye on which houses this energy is going to be taking place, really committing, really making the commitment to yourself not to lose sight of what you think is important and what you think is worth fighting for and living for. Really claiming your own kind of teachings because something with Sagittarius is it, is it governs our teachings and what we believe to be true. And so this could be a time where we're kind of easily influenced maybe even easily taught, like easily teachable. We feel inspired and we feel open to we feel let down or we feel disappointed or we feel like it's just not worth it. And that sensation is temporary. Um, and it's like, it's, it's difficult, you know, it's difficult to feel one inspired if we're in a place where we just feel totally disappointed. Um, But really working to stay connected to yourself during this transition. Really taking care of your health. And I'm even going to go as far to say as really watching your mental health. Um, if you're not in therapy and you've been wanting to seek therapy, I recommend a therapist for everybody, um, a good therapist. Unfortunately, there are a lot of bad therapists out there, so make sure you get a good therapist. Keeping an eye on your mental health. Depending on where Jupiter is, depending on what Jupiter rules, when it goes debilitated, it can do a lot uh, for the emotional state. And so if 
you find that during these times when Jupiter is debilitated in the side of Capricorn, that your mental health is deteriorating or you're feeling that loss of inspiration and loss of hope, making sure that you are doing the steps necessary to take care of yourself and know that it is absolutely going to pass. It's not a permanent thing. Having a spiritual practice is extremely helpful. Having a sangha or a spiritual community is, is extremely helpful. Um, and at this time, you may find that the people who once inspired you maybe now don't make you feel as good. And so just trying to take a look at why that is and see if there's anything that you can shift around to where it, it you can at least show up. You can continue to show up. And Saturn is really going to try and demand that out of you. Saturn wants you to show up for things, even if you don't feel like it. And so if you fall into the space where you're not committed, you're not showing up to what you once found important, it's not going to be helpful for you and your life. So now is a good time to start assessing what you think is worth fighting for and living for and striving for and continue those commitments, exercise that tapas, that heat of showing up and continuing your practices, whatever that is. It can be completely different for everybody, even when you don't feel like it, because that's what's actually going to get you through if, if any times are troubling. And so another thing that I did want to point out that I don't think I said already is that from March 29th until May 4th, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn are all going to be in the same sign. I mentioned that earlier, but just exact dates, March 29th until May 4th. And so looking at where that is in your chart, finding where Capricorn is and whatever house these three planets are sitting in, that's going to be a high intensity time. Um, it's going, the universe is going to kind of be pulling you in that direction of effort in that aspect of life. It's just going to be demanding attention and focus. And so if we know that ahead of time, we can prepare ourselves to invest time and energy in those places. And maybe the universe won't have to try as hard to get our attention. So hopefully this was helpful. I know it's a lot of dates that you can't see. And so that's why I encourage you to kind of write them down, maybe even make a little calendar for yourself. And as the months go on and we continue with new and full moon forecasts, I'll remind you of what's going on and what's going to be shifting. I really just want to record this to kind of show the overview and totality of kind of how things are going to be moving around. And let me take a look here. When everything starts directing, it seems like by March 29th, or I'm so sorry, by September 29th, Jupiter is going to be direct. Saturn is going to be direct. Venus went direct months ago. So a lot of that going back and forth, feeling maybe even a little unstable or feeling kind of shaky or indecisive, that's going to start feeling a lot better by September 29th. And then by November 14th, Mars is going to direct. And so all of those main planets are going to be direct again, but you see how it kind of, it lasts the full year. It lasts from what is it? March? It lasts from, I guess, May. Yeah. May is when everything starts retrograding, I suppose. May until November. So that's like pretty much the full year. Um, so preparing now, letting people know if we have awareness of what's going on, we can work with the energy as we want to. So hopefully this is helpful. 
Again, my name is Christine Rodriguez. If you would like to schedule a reading with me, you can email me at astrologynowpodcast at gmail.com. You can visit my website, innerknowing.yoga. And please follow my Instagram for astrologynow, astrologynow underscore podcast on Instagram. Again, my name is Christine Rodriguez. This is Astrology Now. Thank you so much.